You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Amen. Well, my name is Scott Pinnell. Uh, my family and I are missionaries uh, to the upper Midwest here in the United States, and we are out of Cloverleaf Baptist Church in Cartersville, Georgia, uh, not too far from here. Amen. And... Uh, <laughs> We are uh, with Macedonia World Baptist Missions, and we are coming up here to plant churches. And then uh, my wife and I, my wife Kim, and I have five children, uh, Maddie and Lily, our oldest two daughters there, and then Seth, Ezekiel, and Phineas is our youngest one, was born uh, four weeks ago, I believe, today. And uh, so I just, I just drug my wife halfway across the country after she had a C-section, so she is at the back of the camper right now and uh, resting. Amen. Uh, but... In 2015, the Lord started dealing with my heart about doing something more for Him, uh, more than what we were just doing, more than what I was just doing. And we were doing like many Christians do. We were coming in the church, and uh, we were sitting on the church pew and leaving. And coming in the church and sitting on the church pew and leaving. And uh, late 2014 and early 2015 there, the Lord let me know that He didn't save me for me to sit on the church pew. Amen. He saved me for me to serve Him. And uh, there's no difference between me and you in that aspect here this morning. He didn't save you just for you to come in week after week and to sit on the church pew and to see what you can get in, but he saved you for you to serve him. Amen. Amen. So he let me know that early in 2015. And you know, I I hear people tell me uh, all the time, well, I can be saved and not go to church. I can be saved and not read my Bible. I can be saved and not uh, pray to the Lord. And uh, sometimes I want to look at them and say, well, you can be married too and not go home and see how that works out for you. It ain't going to work out. Amen. You can be married and not do the things that your spouse wants to do, and it ain't going to work out. Same thing with the Lord there. Amen. Uh, You can be saved, amen, and not do the things that the Lord wants, but your relationship with the Lord just won't work out. Amen. So in 2015, he let me know that. And in January 2015, my wife and I, uh, we had the opportunity to go to Tennessee for a missions conference, and uh, we thought we were being chaperones for this missions conference for our teen group. That's what we were planning on doing anyways. And uh, during that missions conference, the Lord started working on my heart, and he wanted me to surrender to him. Didn't know what he wanted, didn't know why, didn't know he was going to call me to the mission field, Uh, didn't know what he wanted, but I just knew he wanted me to give everything to him and say, Lord, I'll do whatever you have. And uh, so I done, uh, like any good Christian does, amen, when the Lord deals with them, I went down to the altar, and I began to tell the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know what it is, don't know what you want from me, but whatever it is, Lord, you have it, we'll do it. And uh, several months later, we had another missions conference at our home church. And Monday night of that missions conference, I knew what the Lord wanted. I knew he was calling me to the mission field. And uh, so again, I done like any good Christian does. Amen. I went down to the altar and I began to talk to the Lord. And I said, Lord, no, I won't do it. And I was serious. I said, Lord, I don't want to go on deputation. Lord, I don't want to drag my my family across the world. Lord, I don't want to have to learn a new language. And uh, so I got back up, walked back to my seat, walked out the back door that evening. Uh, Tuesday night I came in, and the Lord said, hey, I want you to surrender to the mission field. And I went down to the altar again, and I said, Lord, I don't have a good education. Uh, Lord, I don't have the best speech. Oh, Lord, I, there, people are not going to hear me. Hey, this, that, and the other. Hey, all the excuses that Moses was given there in the book of Exodus. I was given to the Lord that evening. And so I got back up, walked back to my seat, and left. And Wednesday night I came in, the missions conference. And the Lord said, hey, I want you to surrender to the mission field. <laughs> Amen. Go, go, 
Wednesday night was a little different, though. The preacher got up, and he said, open up your Bibles to the book of Exodus. And I said, uh-oh. Here we go. And he began to preach on all the excuses that Moses gave and why he wouldn't serve the Lord. Amen. It'd be about good for some of us just to go ahead and chunk those excuses or whatever it is that we have that we're putting before the Lord and whatever it is that we're had that we're holding back from the Lord. Hey, we can say we're not smart enough. The Lord will say, hey, I'll chunk that for you. Hey, we can say we don't have the best speech. Hey, the Lord will chunk that for you. Hey, we can say I don't want to leave my job or I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to do this or do that. Hey, the Lord will equip you to where he has called you. Whatever. And can I tell you, the Lord doesn't call everybody to be missionaries. Amen. He doesn't call everybody to stand up behind a pulpit and preach the gospel. But he does call every single one of us to do something for him. But until you get to the place and you say, Lord, it doesn't matter what it is. Lord, if, it's, if you want me to be a missionary, I'll do that. Until you get to the place and say, Lord, I'll do anything. Guess what? He won't equip you for one. And two, he won't let you know what it is. He won't tell you what it is. Amen. So I went down to the altar. I said, Lord, you have it. I said, Lord, I'll go anywhere you want. I said, Lord, I'll go to China. I'll go to Africa. I'll go to Japan. I was literally surrendering to the whole world that evening. Amen. So, and, it, and immediately following that, uh, we had a, a brother Dwayne Earwood was in our church, home church there. And uh, he was a missionary to South Dakota here. He planted a church in Chamberlain there. And he grabbed me by the hand and his wife then grabbed my wife by the hand. And began to personally disciple us, taking us through the Word of God, showing us different things, teaching us about missions. And uh, they wrapped our family up and just and loved on us and discipled us. But I remember the first time that we sat down together, I looked at him and I said, Brother, I hear about all these missionaries going to Africa, going to Japan, going to China, going to Indonesia, going across the world. So why in the world would anybody want to be a missionary to America? I said, Why? So we have Bible preaching churches on every street corner here in America. And that was of my understanding. I grew up down there in the South, and you've probably heard this term before, but we have this term that we call the Bible Belt uh, down there in the South. And literally, you can go uh, just street after street uh, and see good Bible preaching churches. Within a county, I, 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 I live in Bartow County in Cartersville, Georgia there, and within my county, I think there's probably... 175,000 people, and I, I guarantee you there's probably a good 20 independent fundamental Baptist churches that are preaching the, the, the Bible, amen, and just in our county alone. So that was my understanding and how uh, the rest of the United States was. And uh, he said, brother, that's just not so. He said, I can drive from town to town in other parts of the country and not hardly see anybody preaching the gospel. And I was, I was honestly, I was in shock. I was in disbelief. And in 2017, I was just a driver for Brother Dwayne. I helped him drive up here, and uh, he drove. We went to the Smet there, and went to Watertown, and he preached a couple meetings. And I was just a driver for him there, and uh, the Lord worked it out for us to come, for me to come. And uh, he, we drove from town to town to town. We drove from the Smet uh, all the way up to Watertown, about 60 miles stretch in between there. And as we zigzagged back and forth between towns, uh, we didn't see one Baptist, one. Not even a Baptist church, but not one church preaching the gospel. Amen. And I was in shock, honestly. I was in shock because down there in the south, you just don't see that. And uh, the Lord not only gave me a burden for the upper Midwest at that point, he gave me a burden for America. Because it was of my understanding that we have done our job as Christians in reaching America. It was of my understanding that we have evangelized the whole United States and gotten the word out to the whole United States. 
But can I tell you, just like here in South Dakota, you can go to Utah, you can go to Montana, uh, you can go to other parts of the country and not hardly see any Bible preaching churches. And it broke my heart. Because if you remember, we just celebrated, I believe it was 244 years of independence. And I challenge you, if you haven't read through the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, or if you haven't done it recently, to go back and do it. Because what you'll find is you'll find passages of Scripture woven in and out. You'll find God's name. And if you look at the, the men who penned those documents and sign the name at the bottom of those documents, you will find that those men, a lot of those men loved the Lord. They got in that Bible and read that Bible. They got on their knees and prayed to the Lord, and a lot of them were saved. And that's what our country was founded on. But you can tell today we have ventured so far in the opposite direction of where that was founded on. So my heart was not only broken for America or for the upper Midwest, but America at that point. And I went back home, and a couple months later, I looked at my wife. I said, there's no way we'll go to South Dakota. She said, well, why is that? I said, it's way too cold up there. I said, <laughs> I, said I ain't doing that. Uh, you know, down there in the south, I mean, it, it snows maybe one or two days out of the year. And uh, a couple years ago, I mean, we had, a, we had a, like six inches of snow, and that was just, I mean, over the top for us. Brother Haley, you can testify to that. And so we went into, uh, I think we were in Platt there. Uh, Brother Dwayne's oldest daughter lives in Platt. We went into Platt. There was green grass on the ground. I walked into the house. Five minutes later, a blizzard came, and there was three foot of snow on the ground, negative 14 degrees. I said, yeah, no, this ain't working out for me. Amen. And I was serious. I looked at my wife. I said, it's too cold up there. I'm not doing that. But can I tell you, it's just like me and just like some of us here in America uh, to put stipulations on how the Lord can use us. Amen. We'll say, Lord, I'll do this, but that I won't do. First, I said, Lord, I'll do anything that you have of me. And he said, okay, I want you to surrender to the mission field. I said, Lord, I'll do anything but that. Then I finally got my heart right, and he, said, and he started dealing with me about coming to South Dakota. I said, Lord, at first I said, Lord, I'll go anywhere that you want. And he started dealing with, dealing with me about South Dakota, and I said, Lord, I'll, do, I'll go anywhere, but as long as I don't have to go up there. And uh, finally got my heart right through the preaching of God's Word one night on a, a Wednesday night. Uh, my pastor preaching, the Lord confirmed it in our hearts, that this is where he would send us uh, to the upper Midwest to plant churches. And in 2018, I came back with Brother Dwayne, and we re revisited some of those towns and revisited uh, more of those towns. And uh, I had a burden in my heart for Madison, Madison, South Dakota. has about 7,500 people, about 15,000 people in the county, and uh, no, nobody giving them the gospel. You'll find somebody with the Baptist on their name up there, but read through their doctrine and read through the, the testimony of the pastor, and you'll figure out that I don't even think he's saved. Amen. Nobody giving the gospel out. Amen. And uh, we had a burden for that area, for that town. And my family and I came back in 2019, in November of 2019 here. And uh, we were coming on a survey trip to try to figure out just where the Lord would have us. And we were praying about that one specific town. And we were also praying about Hartford. Uh, it has about 3,500 people in it. And nobody, no, no, good Baptist, or no good Bible preaching church that I know of there. And as we drove through Madison, the Lord just didn't put his finger on it. And I was kind of confused. I said, Lord, this is where I want to be at. This is where we've been praying about. This is what we've been fasting about here. And it was, it was important that the Lord would put his finger on it. Because I know where the Lord calls us, he's going to be the one saving souls. Amen. Amen. He's going to be the one building his church. Amen. Not I, not my wife, but the Lord. Amen. And we drove through the town there, and the Lord just didn't put his finger on it. And uh, we drove through Hartford. The Lord didn't put his finger on it. We drove through about 20 different towns here in the southeast uh, region. 
and the Lord just wouldn't put his finger on it. And there's a missionary, Brother James Ruckman, who's on the east side of Sioux Falls, uh, planning the international church there. And he called me uh, late in the week on our survey trip. He said, Brother, have you considered going to the west side of Sioux Falls and planting a church? I said, I don't know where the Lord wants me, but I want to be in a small town out in the middle of nowhere somewhere. Right? Here, here it goes again. Me telling the Lord what I want. It seems, it seems the going thing with me and the Lord is I say, Lord, I don't want to do that, or I don't want that, and that's what will happen. So the other day I was like, Lord, I don't want that brand new F-350. He didn't give it to me. It didn't work out quite the same. And uh, we, were pray, you know, we were praying, but we didn't know where the Lord exactly wanted us. And as we drove through the west side of Sioux Falls there, we see new, new apartment complex after new apartment complex, after new neighborhood, after new neighborhood. I mean, you, you could see, you drive through there, y'all know y'all live up here, the population just increasingly uh, steadily in that town and just growing up. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's about 250 right in the suburbs or right in the town, 250,000 people or so there. And uh, I said, Lord, I don't want to be here. He said, okay, this is where you'll be. And the Lord, so the Lord put it in our hearts to, to come back to plant a church on the west side of Sioux Falls and to see what the Lord will have for us after that. Uh, in, in Mark chapter number one, this is not the text we'll be in today, but Mark chapter number one and verses number 38, the Lord said, and let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. Amen. I believe this is what the Lord will have us do. We are going to go to Sioux Falls. We're going to plant a church on the west side there. And then see what the Lord has us for us after that. But our goal and our vision is not to just plant one church and to pastor one church and to stay there. Uh, but maybe to pa uh, plant one church and to see what the Lord has for us after that. The Lord said, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. Can I be honest with you? I think we have failed here in America at reaching our next town. The next town. What about the next town? What about the next town from Elk Point? What about the next town down the road here? Do they have a good Bible preaching church that you would send your family to? Is there somebody getting the gospel out to them? And y'all know y'all live up here, but there's towns of 500. There's towns of uh, 400. I drove through a town, uh, Oldham. I believe it was Oldham. Town of 400 people. And I drove through other towns of about four or 500 people with a gas station and a bar, but nobody preaching the gospel to them. Nobody. Just about every town I go through, there's a casino there also. But nobody giving the gospel to them. What about the next town right here in America? Whether it's down south, hey, we need more Bible preaching down south also. But what about your next town? Lord said, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also. Uh, our family's been on deputation for about a year. We're at about 26% support. And uh, Lord willing, it'll probably take uh, two more years or so uh, once we get past all this coronavirus stuff. And uh, Lord willing, we'll, we'll come up here just in his timing and we'll begin doing what your pastor has done in Pier there and what your pastor has done right here in Elk Point is giving the Word of God out and building churches and planting churches. Amen. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 28, we're going to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture here this morning that we all know, that we have heard read, that we've heard preached on. But I challenge you and I ask you not to tune it out because it's a familiar passage of Scripture. Right. I mean, to pay attention and see what the Lord has for you this morning. Have the ears to hear what the Lord has for us this morning. Matthew chapter number 28, 
It says in verses number 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Verse number 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Right here we see this thing that uh, we like to call the Great Commission. Uh, you can call it the Great Mandate. You can call it the Great Orders, the Great Commission, or whatever you have, but it's the orders given from the Lord to us Christians. Yes, uh, has anybody in here ever been in the military? Got a couple of them? All right. I was also, I served six years in the uh, Georgia Army National Guard. I'm going to ask y'all a, a question here, though. See if y'all can, for those of you who have been in the, the military, what was the first general order given? Oh, dear. So in the military, we're given a set of orders. We're given orders to say, hey, you got to go here, you got to go here, you got to do this, you got to do that. But before that, as we went through training, we were given a set of general orders, general things that we had to abide by or to do on our daily basis. And the first general order given to us, it said, I will guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. That means we'll do our job to the best of our ability, and whatever it is, we'll do it until somebody else comes to us, until we get another set of orders, or until they say, okay, you can go on, you can move to the next thing. Amen. So right here, we're given a set of orders from the Lord. Orders from the Lord for us Christians. And can I tell you, we are only to quit what the Lord has told us to do when he properly relieves us. When either he comes back and he gets his church or he calls you home. But can I tell you, we are not to quit what the Lord has done or what the Lord has called you to do until you are properly relieved. Right here, I want to look at this thing of the Great Commission. The first thing I want to look at here is the who in the Great Commission. The who. Who is it that is supposed to be doing this Great Commission? Well, if you look at verses number 19, it says, Go, you pastor. Is that what it said? Amen. It says, Go ye, therefore. That word ye there being for every single person who has been born again. If you have been born again, if you have been washed in that blood, if Jesus has saved you, that word ye, these orders are given for me and for you. I want you to hold your place right there in Matthew chapter number 28. And I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 13. Matthew chapter number 13. Before that, I'm going to read a, a, passage of script, or a couple of verses here in Matthew chapter number 6. In Matthew chapter number 6, we see the Lord talking here on the Sermon on the Mount. And it says in verse number 5, And when thou prayest. And when thou prayest. The Bible doesn't say if you pray. The Bible doesn't say uh, uh, you might, that you might pray. The Bible says, the Lord said, and when thou prayest. Can I tell you this morning, if you don't have a, a devoted walk with the Lord, if you don't have a time set aside, if you don't have a consistency in your prayer life with the Lord, can I tell you, I believe your relationship is not good with the Lord. Amen. The Bible says, and when Thou prayest. It is of the utmost importance for me and to you to get down on our knees on a daily basis and call upon the name of the Lord and speak with the Lord and talk with Him. I'm not talking about when you just sit down for dinner. I'm not talking about when you just see an ambulance come by or just when you're in your church. But I'm talking about a devoted, a fervent prayer life with 
the Lord. Can I tell you, there's something you get there that you can't get from just reading your Bible. There's something you get from the prayer, the, the prayer life with the Lord that you can't get from just coming to church and hearing your pastor preach or hearing somebody sing. You tap into something that you can't get anywhere else. Can I tell you, we must, we must have that consistency in our walk with the Lord in our prayer life. And when thou prayest. It also says in Matthew chapter number uh, uh, 16, it says, moreover, when you fast. When you pray, it also says, when you fast. Also, if you want to be right with the Lord, I believe there'll be times in your walk with the Lord where you must fast. You want to see somebody saved? Fast over it. You want to hear answers from the Lord? Fast over it. You want to know what the Lord will have for you? Fast and see what he does for you. You will pray. There will be times that you fast. Matthew chapter number 13. Say amen if you're with me. Matthew chapter number 13. 13, catch this now. It says in verses number 3, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. The sower, the one that's doing the work of the Lord. The sower, I believe, the one that's following Jesus. The sower, I believe, the one that's saved, doing God's work. Sower. What he is sowing, the seed that he is sowing, is the Word of God. Giving out the Bible. And the hearts, or the, the ground that he is sowing that seed on, is the hearts of the individuals that we are sowing that seed to. I want you to catch this now. When you pray, when you fast, verses number four, and when he sowed. And when he sowed. Not if he sowed, not that he might sow. The Bible says, and when he sowed. Can I tell you this morning, I believe if you want to have a, a, a relationship that is right with the Lord, you will take that Word of God, and you personally will sow the seed of the Word of God. Not just your pastor, not just your Sunday school teacher, but you personally will take the Word of God and give it to somebody else. And when he sowed. I want to ask you a personal question this morning. Personal. First, I want to ask you two things here. When was the last time you personally, not your wife, not your husband, not your mama, not your daddy, not your kids, when was the last time you personally had that prayer life that was consistent with the Lord? Not just a couple minutes a day. I'm not talking about just getting on your knees for 30 seconds and, and getting up, but I'm talking about having a fervent prayer life with the Lord. Next, I want to ask you this question. When was the last time, or if ever, that you have taken the Word of God and given it to somebody else? When was the last time that you walked up to somebody and said, hey, let me tell you about a man named Jesus? When was the last time that you took a gospel track and you placed it in somebody else's hand or you placed it on a gas pump or you placed it on somebody's car or you placed it on somebody's door? Have you ever done that? When was the last time that you personally done that? If you want to be right with the Lord, I believe you must, you must make forth the effort into giving out the word of God. Amen. Giving it to somebody. Hey, somebody brought it to you. Right. Somebody come and either knocked on your door or met you at a gas station or maybe you picked up a gospel track. But somebody came to you and gave you the gospel. Amen. It is up the Lord chose me and you to give his word out. Amen. He didn't chose uh, the stars in the sky. He didn't chose the, the trees. Now we can look at these different things and know that there's a God. But he chose me and you to tell people about his son. Amen. 
I'll be honest with you this morning, and I believe this is the way it should be. This is nothing on me, but this is the, how the Lord works in my life. If I go a week without telling somebody about the Lord, if I go a week without giving a gospel track, putting a gospel track in somebody's hand, the Lord said, son, what are you doing? Son, why ain't you telling somebody about me? Amen. And that's the way it should be. When was the last time that you evangelized and gave the gospel to somebody? Again, that's just, the Bible says in, in Mark chapter number 16, to go and preach. The Great Commission there, it says go preach. But that word preach is not just given for me and your pastor. It's not just given for the missionary. It's not just given for the, the Sunday school teacher. But for every single one of us, that word preach means to proclaim the gospel. When? It also says uh, we see the who in the Great Commission. We also see the what in the Great Commission. This thing of the Great Commission is first to preach the gospel. Amen. It's also uh, to baptize people. Amen. It says, go you therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. And lastly here in the what of the Great Commission, we are to teach. We are to preach. We are to baptize. Also, we are to teach the Word of God. I believe this is where we lose a lot of Christians. This is where we lose a lot of folks. When they get saved, we don't take them through and we don't teach them what the Bible says. I believe this is where we have lost a lot of America and how we have strayed so far. We have not passed it down from generation to generation. We see somebody get saved. We can look at that parable of the sower and the seed there and that, and that man who sowed. And one time it says that uh, he, play, he planted, but that somebody uh, grew up among the thorns. And it says the thorns grew up and choked them out, and they became unfruitful. Yeah. What happens is, is that man was planted among the world. I believe he was saved, but he was planted among the thorns, among the world, and they grew up with the world, and he became unfruitful. Yeah. Doesn't mean he lost his salvation. What happens is, is we'll see somebody get saved, we'll tell somebody about Jesus, and they'll get saved, and it's like, what happened to those folks? They never came back to church. Yeah. They, they're out in the world, they're living uh, like the world. What happened? We didn't take them through the Word of God. We didn't disciple them. It's important when we see somebody get saved that we take them and we teach them, hey, it's not against uh, flesh and blood that we wrestle against. It's not against the color of the carpet in the church. I mean, it's not against not having no carpet in the church. Amen? But it's, amen. But it's against Satan. It's against, it's against Satan. And can I tell you, it's, it's, it's so important to teach them these things. Because what happens is, as soon as they get saved, as soon as the Holy Ghost comes and indwells on the inside of them, there's Satan knocking at their heart, saying, you don't need that stuff. Hey, come back over here. Hey, doesn't mean that they'll stop sinning. Doesn't mean that they'll stop having that will to sin. But can I tell you, there'll be somebody on the inside of them saying, hey, you need to go the other direction. Hey, you, you might not want to do that. But it's so important that we teach people what the Word of God says after salvation. The where. Into all the world. Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. I want to show you this thing on this word here that is given in our society and our culture. This word both, it usually means the number two. Both. For me, it's usually, hey, both of you kids, get out of here. Hey, both of you kids, leave me alone. Amen. Go give me both of those things. Right here in verses number 8, it says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both. 
Now here's that word both. Now right here in this passage of Scripture, I want you to see in this verse that this word both doesn't mean the number two. It means more than one place. Right here it says both in Jerusalem. That would be right here in Elk Point for you. In uh, Judea, that might be uh, the state of South Dakota for you. And in Samaria, that might be the rest of the United States for you. And in the other most parts of the world, that might be the rest of the world for you. Okay, right here it says, in both. You are to be witnesses unto me in both. All of these different places. Now how is it possible, it's not possible for your pastor, or for me or for you, to be in Jerusalem, to be right here, and to be in Judea, and to be in Samaria, and to be in the uttermost parts of the world, all at the same time. But can I tell you, that's what the Word of God wants us to do. The Word of God doesn't want us to just pick one of these places out and evangelize one of these places at one time, but He wants us to go to all these places at the same time and give the gospel out. Amen. Now, you might be thinking that's physically impossible. You're right. Verses number 13. It says, And when they were come in, and, they, and when they were come in, they went up to the upper room where abode both. Now, this is, this is where the word both means at the same time. Peter, James, and John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zeltos, and Judas, the brother of James. So the Word of God teaches us right here that we are to not only give the Word of God out in our town, in our Jerusalem, but we're to give the Word of God out in the state of South Dakota and in the United States and all across the world, but at the same time. Now, this is physically impossible for us to do, but I know y'all uh, know this, how this works out, how we're supposed to get the gospel out. Missionaries. Yeah. Amen. Now, my local church, they support us. They can't physically get the gospel out in South Dakota, but guess what? They're supporting a man that's coming to South Dakota so they can fulfill the will of God, so they can fulfill the Great Commission. I came to the realization a while back that in order for me and my, not just my local church that I'm a part of, but for me and my family, for my family, for me to fulfill the Word of God right here, where it tells Scott Pinnell, you need to give the Word of God out in Cartersville, Georgia. But not only Cartersville, Georgia, in the state of Georgia, in the United States, and around the world at the same time. And in order for me to fulfill the Word of God out, I must have missionaries come by my church. I must support our local missionaries or our missionaries that come by our church to fulfill the Word of God. Because what happens is, you support a missionary going to Africa, hey, and they see a soul saved in Africa, guess what happens? You get a little bit more added to your account. Hey, man, hey I'm so thankful I don't have to be in Africa to receive uh, the, the riches in heaven from Africa. I'm so thankful that I don't have to be in Guatemala, or I'm so thankful I don't have to be across the, the world to receive the riches. Now, if the Lord's called you there, you better pick up and go there. Amen. But what I am saying in order for me and you to fulfill the Word of God in the Great Commission, for me and you, we must support the missionaries going out. And I'm not saying this just for me. I believe this is where the Lord uh, wanted us this morning. So we see the where. We're to give the Word of God out uh, right here in your Jerusalem. We're to give the Word of God out uh, throughout America. And can I tell you, across the world, but all at the same time. And a lot of times what will happen is, this is what happens a lot of times. We'll say, I'll let them missionaries give the Word of God out to those Africans. Amen. I'll let the missionaries give the Word of God out to those Hispanics. Because what, what has happened, and this has happened to me, I'll confess to you this morning, this has probably happened to you, 
You've been at the gas station, you've been up there in Sioux Falls, and you've seen an African, or you've seen an Hispanic person, and the Lord said, hey, go give them the Word of God. But Lord, I don't know Spanish. But Lord, I don't know Hindi. But Lord, I don't know these different, the Lord knows that. Those folks probably speak English better than you do. But what happens is we'll say, Lord, I don't want that. Lord, I don't want to do that. Lord, I don't have time to give them the gospel. And we start giving the Lord excuses of why we can't give the gospel out to those different folks. Red, yellow, black, or white, they are all precious in his sight. Not just the white folks, not just the black folks, not just the Hispanic folks. Hey, every single one of us. When was the last time the Lord told you, hey, you need to go give the, the word of God out to that Indian or that uh, Native American? Lord, I just, I can't do that, Lord. Lord, there are two down there. When was the last time the Lord said, hey, I want you to go give the word of God out to that man who is very financially well off, a lot more than you? Lord, I just, I don't know how to talk to them. Or to that poor person. Hey, it's up to me and you, not just for the missionary. It's up for me and you to give the word of God out to every single nation, every single tongue. Hey, it doesn't matter what color skin they got or where they came from. We are to take them the gospel. Amen. And if you don't believe me, I believe there's a, a population of Africans, about 15,000 Africans in Sioux Falls. You can find them all over the place. I challenge you, if, you haven't, if you're not going to be anywhere, uh, not this coming up week, but the next week, we're having a, a tent revival through the Falls International Baptist Church and Eastside Baptist Church there. And you'll see the Africans that are there, the most loving people that you'll ever know. If you haven't, if you haven't had a chance to go up there and visit his church, I'm not trying to pull you away from your home church, but I cannot tell you, you won't meet a more loving people group than those Africans. The where into all the world and the why. We have a mandate given from the Lord. We have pleas given from hell. We see the rich man in hell when he lift up his eyes being in torments. We see him there calling upon uh, people saying, hey, please take the gospel to my brethren. Who, who was in hell this morning calling upon your name saying, please take the gospel to my family. They don't have to visit this. Can I tell you, we also have the means to receive a promise here. Verse number 20 in Matthew chapter number 28, it says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, he gives us a promise here. He says, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I don't believe this promise is given for every Christian, but I believe it says in verses number 19, You go, and he says, And lo, I am with you. You go and open in your mouth and tell somebody about the Lord, and lo, I'll be right there with you. Lord, I come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for giving us this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to take your word of God and to open the Bible, Lord, and see what you have for us. Father, I'm so grateful for the call you have placed on my life. Lord, I'm thankful that you have us here. Lord, I thank you for Brother Haley, Lord, his family and his willingness, Lord, and his faithfulness to you, Lord, and to planting churches and seeing souls saved. Lord, God, I pray that we can, you can help us to be about the Father's business, Lord. I do love you in Jesus' name. Amen.